0: In this episode, we discuss the movie where Megan Fox has wings, possibly due to Red Bull abuse: Passion Play. Welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington.
1: This voice should be associated with the name Elliot Kalin, for that is my name and this is my voice. But
2: you're talking weird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what do you mean, Stuart? I always talk like this. Uh, so, hey. Welcome. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to our podcast
0: home. Established.
1: <laughs> Welcome. Let's move on to step two, doing the podcast. <laughs> Step one, welcoming the listeners has been achieved. Great work, everybody. <laughs> ten out of ten. Let's move on. Are you sure? I mean, were there any accidents during that time? Should we flip over the sign? Nope, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing we're talking about, so let's just keep it moving.
0: Let's just get on to the next stage. Doing the podcast, all right. Well, uh, this is a podcast where we uh, watch a movie called The Flop House. Yeah, <laughs> the a bad movies movie
2: called The Flop No, the wait, no, the, podcast's called I'm the sure podcast. I'm sure that they
1: know that if they wait, download the Flophouse it. Flop podcast. We watch a bad a movie that is a flop in some way, and we
0: chat about it. <clears throat> Um, so we've already watched the movie. Yes, okay. Now, That's what happened earlier. Okay, that was the, those were those series of that pictures <laughs> that were in front of your eyes earlier okay. in the in the night, Stuart. And uh, now we're on to the part where you talk about okay. the thing that you saw. And the thing we saw today was a movie called Passion Play.
2: Not to be confused. P-p-p- Passion Play. <laughs> yep, P-p-p- Passion Play. Not to be confused
1: with the centuries old Christian tradition of the same name.
2: Yeah. This movie stars Michael Rourke, <laughs> known sure. affectionately as Mickey. Yeah, Mickey Rourke,
1: also uh, William Murray, also called Bill, and Meganathan Fox, also
0: known as Meg Fox. Meg Fox or Megan Fox. So I mean, sure.
2: what, You know her really well. Yeah. I mean,
0: I don't know really well. Well, well we're we learning were... something. Like uh, it was Anne Hathaway and Meg Fox uh, when, when well, I was growing up. We were well, both. He knows her as Bland Hathaway. What? <laughs> well,
2: I never said that. Well, because they were friends, so we could call her something funny. Mm. Well, me and Meg
1: Fox were just huge fans of Peter Benchley's book Meg about the giant sea sure. monster. So I used to call her that. She called me Gem, which is Meg backwards.
0: It's weird. Why would she call you by her name backwards?
1: No, it's because we are both fans of the book Meg. Oh, I get it. Well, you know what? Let's just forget I ever said I was friends with Megan Fox, okay? And move on. Uh, Riz Ifans is also in this movie. Yeah. Playing an evil carny bartender.
0: That's who that was. Yeah, Riz Ifans. You may know him as... Notting Hill. You may know him as... Yeah, weird guy from Notting Hill. You may know him as uh, Balloon guy this crazy guy from uh, Enduring Love. Or the ape man
1: from Human Nature. Yeah. I don't know why we're talking a lot about him <laughs> since he has one of the smaller parts <laughs> in the movie. Yeah.
0: He barely shows up in it.
1: This is really the story it's of... It's really a
0: three-person uh, Playlit. Yes, and went passion play, if you will. Yeah. Uh, this is. Really I'll be playing the role
2: of Mickey Rourke. Mm-hmm. You can be <laughs> okay, wait—are we you acting be it Megan out? Fox, and you can be uh Riz Fons. Oh, wait, wait, who's wait. playing Bill Murray, the villain? <laughs> uh no, not today. So, what? You,
1: should we can say what this movie's about? Sure. If anyone doesn't wait, know, why don't we
2: stop and start over? No, it's not just <laughs> that.
1: Uh, passion Play has—I think it came out relatively recently, but it's become a little notorious already for being a bizarre and. Stupid
0: movie. Mickey Rourke apologized for it,
1: right? Before it came out, Mickey Mickey Rourke actually said in an interview that it, sometimes you make stinkers, mm-hmm. uh, like this one.
0: Well, and there there have been several movies that Mickey Rourke has been in that he hasn't apologized for that are
1: even that are also terrible. Yeah,
0: so you get an you get a sense, you get a baseline for so, what this movie might be like. This movie was uh, written and directed by
1: Mitch Glazer who uh, also co-wrote Scrooged, among other things. Uh, And this was a project, a passion project of his own. Mm -hmm. He was trying to get off the ground for for about 20 years, uh, starring friends of his. And it's really the story of young Mickelson Rourke, uh, who plays a pile of mashed potatoes (laughs) molded into a human form and then given a stringy wig and a hat. Uh, who is a jazz trumpet player? Who's down on his luck? He's a recovering junkie, and he's in bed with a local gangster named Happy,
0: uh, and is taking a gangster a- named Happy. Now I've heard everything.
1: <laughs> it's- before, Happy was just the name of a son in Death of a Salesman, but now a gangster? Uh, All right. He's taken in out into the desert to be killed, I assume, for pissing off this gangster, but a band of random Indians in karate garb shoot shoot the bad guy, and Mickey Work gets away. He wanders through the desert and comes upon a strange sideshow circus in the middle I mean, of the desert. I mean, that's
2: the gangster's fault. Like, You don't take a guy out into the desert and not expect to get killed by Kung Fu Indians. Well, if you
1: take him to Indian territory, yes, and if you take him to Kung Fu Indian territory, Territory. Yeah, exactly. Double Very his, much yeah. Double There's a 50% yes. on encounter you. chance. There's like an 85% encounter chance. <laughs> okay. 15% chance of rain. Which is also going to ruin your assassination, which is because you're going to get your shoes wet. Yeah. So anyway, he stumbles on this circus sideshow run by Riz Ifans as a filthy, stringy-haired fellow. Almost everyone in the movie has stringy hair. Uh, and he finds Megan Fox, a, an angel woman or bird girl, who has real wings on her What's the difference back. between
2: an angel woman and a bird girl?
1: Uh, bird girl is kind of a derogatory racist term against, they prefer to be called angel women. Okay.
2: Yeah. And that makes sense. I mean, she
0: looks like an angel.
2: Uh, well...
1: With like,
0: her smile and her
2: eyes. <laughs> I don't know
1: about silky
0: that. Silky hair. You know, just just being the, the perfect uh, figure of womanhood.
1: I don't, it looks more like a, uh, a robot designed by an alien trying to lure a human man into a spaceship.
2: <laughs> and in this case, succeeded by <laughs> luring Mickey Rourke. <laughs> yeah, so... data potato monster.
1: <laughs> so, so when he, he meant to get a man and he almost, and he <laughs> accidentally got a, uh, a, a food golem.
0: <laughs> yeah. but, the, know, house, the podcast where we insult all of Hollywood's top stars
1: yeah top stars like Mickey Rourke <laughs> so, uh,
2: he's going
0: to come over and
2: grab us hey. with those weird hands of his <laughs> with those fingernails that are too big for his stumpy fingers Yeah, and he's going to shake us
1: <laughs> shake us so hard long story short Mickey Rourke falls in love with the bird girl but first he kind of cons her into leaving the circus uh, and joining him but his plan is he's going to kind of trade her to the gangster Bill Murray in exchange for his own life but he falls in love with her and feels bad about doing that and is going to repent but then the gangster comes along and kidnaps the girl Mm -hmm. uh, takes her to his house and forces her to watch the movie Brute Force with Burt Lancaster which is a fantastic movie she was hating it She did not seem to like it very much. Uh, Mickey Rourke comes by and says, Come with me, blah, blah, blah. And she says, No, I'm staying. And it's clear that she's giving up her life to save his life.
0: Yeah, clear to everyone but Mickey Rourke. But
1: Mickey Rourke, who is dumb as a bag of rocks,
0: Mm -hmm. uh,
1: he resolves to get her back. And eventually does.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, she's on display as, like, sort of an art object in a weird, like... Uh
1: Bill Murray lives with her in a hotel for a little bit <laughs> until Rizafans comes by and... Tries to get her back. Bill Murray shoots him in the chest, and then decides, I guess it's time to put this girl on display. Yeah, she's. So she's standing in a in a glass box, covering her boobs, wearing just underpants. And Mickey Rourke comes by, smashes the glass box, saves her.
2: Well, local rich people and debutantes stare
1: at her Just kind of look on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get they escape to the roof of a building, and Megan Fox has established by now that she can float when the wind hits her just right, but she can't fly her because wings her are, wings are
2: fucking tiny. They're
1: not big enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mickey well, Rourke delicate
0: lady wings.
2: Yeah. And, but, I mean,
1: she's Not like big wings like, like you have. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're big manly wings. You're regular Hawkman. That's
2: yeah, what you're like Duran Duran from that's, Barbarella. That's, that's what I was trying to do, is draw attention to me having <laughs> wings by making fun of her. I'm your sorry, regular, guys, it was all right. <laughs> you're
1: regular Brian Blessed from Flash Gordon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and Mickey Rourke, to, uh, I guess, force her, it's a Dumbo moment, to force her to believe in herself. He jumps off the roof, uh, Megan Fox dives after him and catches him and manages to fly oh my god it's amazing she's flying and they fly over deserts and he looks down and sees his own dead body it turns out he was yep. dead the whole time mm-hmm. and he dreamed the whole thing it's a sees, real Ambrose a, Bierce season. well
0: I mean did he dream the whole thing or this is this is like maybe he was in sort of a purgatory and now he's redeemed okay and that's another way to say it purgatory uh, is a
1: series of shitty jazz clubs laundromats and circuses
0: or a terrible movie that you have to watch for a while and then you're redeemed at the end <laughs> and it ends and
1: and uh, that's the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. So there's this is an hour and a half movie at, with almost no plot in it. But a lot of scenes where characters just kind of murmur for a long time with each other. But
0: but just a like a gorgeous film, just beautiful to look at. Just not a, exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh,
2: if you like, I thought, I thought I was the sarcastic
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> Are we gonna have to rehand out personas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So
1: now. Dan's now the sarcastic one, Stuart's now the know it all, and I am the
2: boring guy. Um, excuse me. I'm adjusting my glass. You can't see that. Um,
0: Ambrose Beers. (laughs) Okay. (sighs) Let's just do this right, okay, guys? Wow. Wow, I don't like this. Let's switch back. I don't care. Okay, we'll go back. back. Let's
1: touch that magic skull in the middle of the table and get our personalities back. (laughs) Okay, we're back. Uh, So, no, it's actually a terrible looking movie, which is weird considering. it was shot by Christopher Doyle who is an amazing cinematographer works with Wong Kar Wai in a lot of movies if anyone saw In the Mood for Love especially it's a beautiful movie this is, however, a terrible-looking movie.
2: And that's a, like you would think it'd be easy with such such beautiful subjects like Mickey Rourke's <laughs> like face, Mickey Rourke's face, Bill Murray's Bill face, Bill Murray's face. Uh, Shitty sets, a lot of green screens. Well, on the? the, screen. the I mean, There's a lot of.
1: If you, anyone here, anyone listening, has seen the room where every time they go up on the roof, it's green screen of the of the San Francisco skyline. Those green screens are a little bit better than the ones <laughs> in this movie. It's
0: terrible green screen work. Yeah, this is this movie is a series of. Unflattering, flatly lit close-ups in hotel rooms and empty stadiums and Um, empty empty restaurants, empty 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 theaters, theaters. (laughs) like a like a museum that's sort of Uh, blandly. Mainly
1: of Mickey. Mickey Rourke's face gets a lot of screen time, Mm -hmm. and his beautiful chest, and and (laughs) his weird hairless round torso (laughs) also gets a fair amount of of uh, screenplay, Uh, and I. This is a movie that was written 20 years ago with Mickey Rourke in mind. I think at the time, okay. so like you could 20 years ago, you could buy Mickey Rourke as like a down on his luck but still sexually attractive jazz
2: musician. 20 years later, I mean, he's got the world at his feet. Uh, <laughs> I
1: don't know if <laughs> that that's exactly where yeah. he was
0: going with that. Uh, I mean, an Adonis.
2: <laughs> yeah, now he is just the apex. I mean, there's of There's certainly human
0: more of him now.
2: Yeah, more of him the love. Um, making fun of Mickey Rourke's physical appearance aside,
0: <laughs> what do you think of his performance, Dan? I, you know, I mean, this is where Elliot and I differ. I mean, like he certainly was mumbly. We can both, agree, Elliot and I, can both agree on yeah, that. Yeah,
1: no, I mean, it's. I assume that before every take, he put a bag of marbles. in I his think. Mouth.
0: I think that he put in. As good a performance as he could with this material. Yeah, do you
2: assume the director's like, the director's assuming that Mickey Rourke's going to mumble. You don't get Mickey Rourke and you're like, hey, enunciate, man. Yeah, that's what are you true. Doing?
1: That's a good point. I that's think a good point. It's He's like, a... hey,
2: Scorpion, stop stinging me. You can't expect that. Here's what I, like, I think that Mickey Rourke, <laughs> as crazy as this the Scorpion fucking movie
0: was. I character. thought you meant the Mortal Kombat character. Because he doesn't sting you. He kills you with uppercuts. <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the sting of man. As the crazy uppercut. as this fucking movie was and as much as Make your work badmouthed afterwards. I felt like during, like, like I watch him in the movie. I was like, okay, well, he believes what he's doing. His movie's terrible, but he believes what he's doing. Just he does, like he
1: does, he doesn't sleepwalk through the role. That's true. And I thought he that Bill Murray stumbles his way through,
0: but he believes in this stupid character. Bill Murray also put in the best performance he could under the circumstances. And Megan Fox is not a good actress, but she is trying. I can tell. Like she thinks she's in something. Uh, I don't she think, does I a pretty good job of imagining she has wings. Yeah, That's I true, yeah. I don't think that any of the actors are at fault for this movie. Like This movie's fault no, no. entirely so, lies it's a, it's, on the writer-director.
1: It's not a very good story, and it's poorly paced and very slow, and there's a lot of scenes of characters just kind of looking around or mumbling to each other. There's, there that,
2: there's that weird moment uh, about 15 minutes into the movie, or maybe 20 minutes into the movie, where that female character, whose role I don't remember... Uh, basically just recounts everything that has happened up until that point. Oh,
1: Kelly Lynch's
0: character. Yeah. yeah. Who's Mickey
2: Rourke's kind of confidant.
0: Yeah, and she figures into the movie not at all. Like there's no plot purpose for her. I mean, she the,
2: shows up later to wake him up from a heroin induced stupor. She's, she's the help she's the Watson
1: to Mickey Rourke's Sherlock, <laughs> uh-huh. who gets the story told to her, I guess, and mm-hmm. also her Keep husband her granted, husband you know? wrote and directed the movie, so that's also why she's in it. But uh the well, I had something to say, and I don't uh, know. Who it I mean, is now, but, but we can all agree that this like is a derailed. story
0: that needed to be told, right? That, that oh, certainly.
1: <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's what I was going to say. In any movie that's attempting to reach a kind of sublime quality, the director or writer is taking a huge risk because if it isn't balanced right, it comes off looking stupid or ridiculous. And like a movie that I've mentioned many times on this podcast, The Fall is a movie that I think achieves that but takes a big risk in a certain naivete that you need to to achieve, like, that real sublime quality. This movie does not achieve it, and it falls flat on its face. And I admire... It feels like the writer-director, like, put his soul into the movie, and I admire that, but he did such a crappy job of it, and the story is so non-existent and boring that I still... I wish that he had, like... Not done it, you know? yeah. I mean, part yeah, he, like the, he, they, the people making this movie take a big risk and fail utterly. You
2: know, well, there's, there's a he he kind of expects you to care for the Mickey Rourke character a lot more than like, yeah. I think
0: you're ever given reason to do. Mickey well, yeah. Rourke
1: is supposed to be like a charismatic rogue, but instead he is a mumbly sack.
0: But also, as I was complaining during the movie, like uh, I think that everything that uh, the villain played by Bill Murray says is valid, like. He explains to Megan Fox, like, oh, yeah, this guy traded uh, your life for his, and that's not wrong, I, And but for some reason we're supposed to like Mickey Rourke just because we've been with him for the first part of the movie, I guess? Like, I, Or, like, just because he's fallen in love with Megan Fox, and it's like, yeah, you can fall in love with someone and still treat them like shit, <laughs> like, that happens all the time, I mean, like, that doesn't make you a good a guy. Yeah.
2: She's Megan Fox and she's got wings. I mean,
0: come on. Mm-hmm. The other
2: thing is uh that it's amazing.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what more? What more do you want? I mean, the only thing that make Megan Fox better would be if she had huge bird wings. Yeah, oh, like whatever man wants. Maybe
2: like a bird's head. Or too. maybe yeah. if she was holding like a giant pizza or something. <laughs> <laughs> then you get everything. I like to yeah. believe that
1: <laughs> any woman gets gets an extra beautiful point for, from Stewart if she's holding a giant pizza. <laughs> yeah,
2: of course. <laughs> You got a beautiful babe, beautiful pizza. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) What if she had a pizza in one hand and like a beer in the other hand?
2: Oh, my God, Elliot, stop it. Can't handle it. Okay. okay. You go, this you're, is you're getting a, red in the face. This is into like a Red Shoe Diaries type thing, right?
1: Well, you there was something you mentioned uh, while we were watching the movie, Stuart, which is that this is what a Zalman King production looks like with no sex scenes in it. Mm-hmm. And there's one sex scene between Mickey Rourke and Megan Fox, which is horrifying. But it it feels it's like the that. the second
2: it's worst sex scene featuring a feather I've ever seen. And what <laughs> would the first one be? The 40 Days and 40 Nights, where Josh Hartnett <laughs> <laughs> makes Shannon Sossamon climax by blowing a feather on her belly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's,
0: it's just that easy. It's just that easy to make a woman climb. She next was case. aching for it, but no, she I think she was play aching for it. I think that, <laughs> that was. Sad. She was. Clay she was aching clay aching for it. For it. Uh, that was. She was aching, breaking heart for it. <laughs> That was, uh, I think, the most trenchant criticism of this movie because it, it is exactly like a movie you would see on Cinemax late at night with all the sex excise. So it's got the same, like, sex-ized. weird, like, draggy, like, series really of, of, Thank of cheap uh, locations.
1: Yeah, it, it's a lot of scenes of characters doing something to get to the next scene or killing time until the next scene starts. And in a in a softcore movie that would be a sex scene but here it's not so you go to another scene of Mickey Rourke lying around mumbling to somebody or Bill Murray saying something kind of funny but
2: or if somebody was trying to make a parody of a David Lynch movie and just forgot to make it funny that would be kind of what this movie it, f- is. it
1: feels very much like someone who, who was trying for that David Lynch style of like Weirdness that affects you and doesn't didn't
2: get it like the like the freak show that just seems to be like a bunch of people doing stuff in a tent and they let the pe- the people just walk around people it nailing like stuff like a into freak, their heads. it looked
1: like a freak like show expo for like the freak industry where there's just <laughs> yeah. a lot of platforms with freaks doing their stuff and then you have the other exhibitors just wandering around like oh yeah that's good oh yeah, what, are what are name they doing tags on lanyards and, <laughs> what are they doing with their bearded lady yeah, if you oh want one nice these new 2012 lady.
0: freaks you gotta
1: <laughs> and like you there's a raffle to win a freak that.
2: Kind of thing. <laughs> uh, castle
0: freak. No, no. <laughs> that's that's uh, a speaking, castle freak. Expo. All right. Speaking, of, this is going to be a digression, but I gotta take Stu, uh I gotta take two to task for something.
1: Is this related to Passion Play, the it's, film of the same name?
0: No, it's not. But uh, if the, this this podcast what is about nothing, about? if it's not about digressions, okay. and uh, I recently saw the film Castle Freak. <laughs> okay, that sounds that sounds like you had a good afternoon. I I had a fine. I watched afternoon. it in the early <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> um, That's a but, two p.m. movie. Uh, the problem I have to have, uh, I am going to get your confirm. hot pocket out of
1: the uh,
2: oven. <laughs>
1: Wait, like a is that a thing that that
2: substitutes for a vagina? No, you eat a hot pocket in, at two p.m. right. It's like a
0: lunchtime thing. No, right? I, I. Everyone has a hot pocket at two p.m. Is no, a, but I mean, that could that, that, that could, be that a, that could be a lunch thing. I'm not saying <laughs> you eat lunch at two. Why are
2: you thinking something gross? I was talking about because you're
0: talking about it. Okay, Danny. <laughs> so uh, we had a letter a while back about uh, it was I think it was titled Ding Dong Gate about uh, a, letter, a letter from Yep, the, that's what brought down Richard Dixon. <laughs> <a listener laughs> complaining that there was no, in fact no ding dong ripping. Yep. In Castle Freak, and I have to confirm this: the, somebody frame by frame, the titular, <laughs> the titular Castle Freak, has no ding dong. It's been ripped off at some point, but that happens off screen. That happens prior to the movie so chronology. Saying all
1: these years that Stewart is promising somebody ripping their own ding dong yeah. off. Now there, so now, now there is a I... scene.
0: Hold on, there there is a scene where the Castle Freak bites off a prostitute's nipple. So I imagine that in your mind you conflated the biting off of the prostitute's nipple and the missing ding-dong of the Castle Freak into the Castle Freak ripping his own ding-dong This is like an episode of Columbo. (laughs) Are
2: you putting yourself into my shoes? Just
0: one more thing, do it. When I first saw Castle Freak 15
2: years ago, imagining that you're drunk and stupid and probably full of hormones or whatever Mm -hmm.
0: I was... Uh, that like, Holy foods. shit, that guy just ripped his own ding-dong
2: off. <laughs> yep, and or maybe one of my drunk or high buddies said uh-huh. that, and I just went along with it. Yeah, so yeah, are you saying now I now have to make some kind of letter of apology to all those dudes who listen to my podcast and have managed to talk their friends into watching Castle Freak? Cause <laughs> on going, the basis hey, of Hey, I heard this rip guy ripped a ding-dong uh-huh. off. His friends were like, that sounds really awesome. Well, I
0: think that if you don't apologize to them, we have a potential class-action suit on our hands. From a, who? A, fucking Full Moon a, Pictures? A bunch of, of <laughs> Flophouse listeners. With all the
2: money I spent on their fucking action figures? No, no. All
0: those Puppet Master dolls that you bought? All those Flophouse listeners out there who have spent the money to rent Castle Freak based on the ding-dong ripping. Where can ripping. you rent Castle Freak at? <laughs> The only
1: know. way to see Castle Freak is to say Castle Freak three times in a blind alley. <laughs> a tiny gnome appears, gives you a reel of film. You trade that in on a nightclub to a giant spider. The spider scurries away, gets a videotape. You, punch, you watch the videotape, then you get a phone call. Tells you in a week there's going to be a ghost girl in a location, TBD. Sounds right. You go there, you give her $10 in panties. She, in she panties? Hits you, <laughs> pennies. Panties. Okay. But in a girl's panty. Okay. She hits you twice on both sides of the face. Face with a fish, <laughs> and then you fall asleep, and when you wake up, you have a memory of having seen Castle Freak. Well, That's sure. the only way to see it.
0: I, I mean, I got it from Netflix, so I don't know what.
1: Maybe you didn't see the right version. Okay,
0: then. <laughs> you're probably right. And I think, I think this is the the way you, see you see the unrated version. All right. Yeah, you have to see it at 2 p.m.
1: Yeah, that maybe I saw the, the unrated version. Maybe I maybe looked the flickin- up the
0: unrated version on IMDb. There's no ding dong ripping in that. There are. Oh, was, one the, was one of the
2: keywords not "ding dong rip"? <laughs> <laughs> On your IM- trivia, it
0: said, oh, right. Stuart
2: Wellington falsely claims there's a ding-dong ripped off.
0: Do not believe Star him. Jeffrey Combs disagrees. <laughs> All right, well, uh, to get back to the movie. So, passion play. So, anyway, play.
1: I guess, viewers, you're going to have to watch Castle Freak yourself and the unrated yeah. version to see who's Decide right. for yourself. In the battle of the casts,
2: Stuart or Dan. Are you cool like Stuart or like a grouchy dude
0: like Dan? <laughs> Stuart
1: Wellington, the raging Cajun, and Dan McCoy, the bland band. Uh, Together again for one I show. I'm on more with
0: the grouchy part, but I'm oh. not with the bland. Yeah, I mean. the slouchy grouch. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> slouchy grouch, I'll take it. So, Passion Play. So, um, Passion
1: Play. There's not a lot to say about it except there's that, that it's great crazy. moment
0: where uh,
2: Reese Rizza fans. If Riz, it's Riz The
1: Rizza ifans. Okay, what
2: it's called. where he pours a fan 50 of 50 of the drink before slapping it right out of his hand. <laughs> That was pretty great. There's a, the be,
1: This is a movie where, no no lie, this is a movie about a woman with wings and a gangster tracking down a jazz musician. The best part of the movie, the best thing about it, is at one point there's a glimpse of a bottle of alcohol, liquor and the label says Gordon Shumway's. <laughs> that is, And for those who don't remember, Gordon Shumway is Alf's real name. So this
0: is a Alf, Alf. from the television show, Alf. From Thanks for clarifying. Alf. To the people who are listening to
2: this podcast. He said Alf
0: really fast, so I just want to clarify the alien the alien, alien life Jordan form fucking show <laughs> oh you're mad at me I thought you were <laughs> mad at Dan both <laughs> I'm but mad so, at both of you right now so while this you're just mad that the ding dong ripping never happened while I'm this really dumb story dumb.
1: about a woman with wings is going on Alf is running a distillery somewhere in that universe, and we are not seeing that story.
0: So do you think that's small batch gin? Like, do you think that's craft gin that Alf I think Alf it started is?
1: that way, but I think it got way big. He's mm-hmm. since he's long sold out, and he's just making mass-produced gin. I mean, we
0: haven't heard a lot from Alf recently. He's well, probably... Well, he had that talk
1: show for a little bit. That's true. I don't know how long ago that was. Uh, and he yeah, maybe... I'd say he went back to Melmac, but everyone knows that was so destroyed. He's
0: kind of like a Dan Aykroyd figure. He's mainly in, in booze now.
1: And he keeps promising Ghostbusters 3.
0: <laughs> Speaking of which, as Stewart said during the movie, uh, Bill Murray is not going to make Ghostbusters 3,
1: <laughs> but he's going to make this film. He's going to make Passion Play.
2: I'll tell you what. if making, Every fan of Ghostbusters rent Passion Play and get really mad about
1: if it. If making Passion Play stops Ashton Kutcher from becoming a Ghostbuster, then I'm all for it. Wait,
2: um, Ashton Kushner is going to be a
1: Ghostbuster? After they, uh, Ivan Reitman kept saying like, "Oh yeah, we want. It's going like to be a, Ghostbuster kids, a new or something? generation of Ghostbusters, like Ashton Kuchner and
0: I don't know, Stop who saying else he that. Said. Maybe hurts S- my brain. Seth Green. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you say it, uh, here's a problem with this movie. Okay, uh, you're talking about me. Um, they, this it's not like is like a Wallace. next generation of Goonies, like? <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's, what be the next generation? Of I thought they were going to make goonies. another goonies, goonies, goonies movie and do do it with like Goonies
0: kids, mm-hmm.
2: Goonies Junior.
1: Yeah, um, like little the, Goonies. No, that was the, yeah, thing, like the with the 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 goonies, little baby sloth.
0: The <laughs> Goonies were supposed to uh, have grown up, and then uh, their kids were the next generation of Goonies. And
1: when was this going to happen?
0: I don't know. They because you can do that
1: with any movie. Casablanca Two.
0: Yeah, the characters have grown up. Now the kids are in trouble
1: with the Nazis. Well, I, I don't, like don't know. <laughs> Schindler's List too. The characters have grown
0: up, and now their kids are in trouble with the Nazis. Uh, uh, you might want to look into when the Nazis happened and like I don't how think long so. they can be space Nazis. Von
1: Ryan's Express too. Von Ryan's an old man now. His kids are in trouble with the Nazis. Sure. Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> let's let's Hogan's just let two. <laughs> let's
2: just let LA keep naming
0: things. What I'm
1: saying is there are a lot of movies with Nazis as the villains? Uh,
0: no, uh, you're talking about a movie that seeks transcendence. Part of the problem with this movie is like. All the transcendence it's seeking is dependent on the ending of the film, but the ending of the film is like a shitty twist. Like for if That's a twist When like, she can fly and see, No no, no, but no that, that he's been dead That he's been dead The whole time oh, Like the, if
2: all of the that's meaning
0: of the film Is, is <laughs> waited on <laughs> Wait a minute Uh oh Uh oh I feel that's a mirror coming on It's happening again <laughs> Wait, he was dead <laughs> yeah,
1: That's why they see His body at the end When they fly away
2: I thought that was just a, Like a weird shot Like he was tired After After <laughs> floating around Wait So, hey, so he, he was, was Resting at himself him. So wait That's why he had Such a weird look On his face When she was Flying him around Because yeah. he realized he was dead and he was about to go to heaven okay wait really <laughs> yeah or so how'd he die he was shot <laughs> at, the at the beginning of the movie so he, wait they had ninjas in the. he wasn't saved ninjas. by the ninja engines <laughs> the
1: ninja engines failed to <laughs> save
2: him wait Okay, so he was dead the whole
1: time. He was yeah. dead from the moment that guy brought him to the desert and was about to shoot him.
2: So who saved the girl with the wings? The yeah, she never no existed. The with the wings. Okay, so
0: I mean, she might be an angel, but...
1: Oh, we forgot to mention the scene where uh, Megan Fox goes to a plastic surgeon to get her wings removed. And
2: uh, and the guy and looks like Roger Sterling. He's like a poor man's off.
1: Roger Sterling. And Mickey Rourke comes in and says, Don't do this, and takes her out. And, and he's
2: like... She can't live a normal life with wings like this, which is what any doctor would say. <laughs>
1: and Mickey Rourke says, "So what's so good about normal?"
2: moral we had to pause the movie and look at each other yeah. and, and agree with him. Let it
1: sink in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not since Lucas have I been hit <laughs> so hard
0: with that
2: lesson. It was like a scene on X X three, The Last Stand, or what, what's the third <laughs> X Men movie? I don't
0: know. That but, angel uh, in it. Yeah. The the one someone
1: with wings. So,
0: yeah. There you go. No, but like for, to, to freight so much uh, meaning on what is a essentially a stupid. It was all a dream. Well, ending. but also
1: along the way, like I think you're supposed to find the imagery of the woman with wings beautiful. You're supposed to find their love story touching. Like you're supposed to be inspired. That by the end, when she proves she can fly, like along the way, you're supposed to be getting little epiphanies. Except they're all they all fall totally flat.
2: So wait. If it was like a purgatory type thing, what did he what did he really accomplish? Like he didn't really do that much other than like take a weird chick with tattoos home and get stuck with a heroin needle. Oh, we didn't mention he that saved, part. He saved As part her. of the,
0: the
1: circus, the circus ringleader's revenge is that uh, he has a girl seduce.
2: Uh, seduce Mickey Rourke. You should have known something was wrong right away. <laughs>
1: and she st- and she gets him hooked on the junk again. By the but way,
0: there's, there's a yeah. M- how did he How do you seduce this lady? Well,
1: uh, Mickey Rourke walks into a bar. Stop <laughs> me if you've heard this one. Mickey Rourke walks into a bar and sees a lady at the other end and takes lemons out of a basket because this is one of those bars where lemons are provided. Yeah, you can make your own garnish and puts a lemon under a napkin and then just kind of rolls it over to her as if it's a tiny car or like there's a little mouse under. The, like I just <laughs> well, made him. Mouse,
0: you put a he put a napkin on a lemon. It seems at first like he's gonna do a magic trick. He's like trick. He's like, here's the lemon. I'm putting it on the bar. I'm putting a napkin on it. It's gonna disappear. And he just, nudges, he just, it just her. nudges it towards her, and, and it is- almost falls off at one point. And he has to like reset it in the middle of the bar. And-
1: she is delighted
0: by She's this. She's not and more charming, and of
1: course, it's because she was sent there to seduce him and get him heroined up. But once again, is,
2: it should have been a sign to the audience that this is a setup. Yeah, because no woman falls for that. <laughs> falls, I've tried it. Falls for the old lemon under the napkin trick. Have you tried
0: it? <laughs> I've tried it. It doesn't work. They just get up and walk away. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's mainly because it was put in the secret, and now all all the ladies know. You mean the game? The, the wait. Oh, the game! The
1: secret is about wishing. For the what you want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That book about wishing your way into women's pants, right? That's what yeah, the secret was? game.
1: <laughs> the Secret Garden. I think that's what that's called. So. But, oh, and and uh, I think this, so. This movie, I think, can be summed up in two scenes, three okay. scenes, three scenes can sum this movie up. One is Megan Fox with poorly CGI'd bird wings in front of a poorly green-screened vista. Two is. Mickey Rourke attracting a woman by nudging a lemon under a napkin across a bar. And the third is Mickey Rourke meeting with Bill Murray in a restaurant and then... There's just a gratuitous shot of Mickey Rourke getting up out of the booth that they're in. And it is not a flattering shot. Yeah. He really have, you needs to-
2: se- have you ever seen an old lady try and get out of a car that she parked? And it takes her a minute and she has to kind of brace her arm against the side of the car. And it takes her about three tries to get her leg out all the way. That's a little bit what it's like But it's Mickey
1: Rourke, the hero of the movie.
2: But just like, how is he going
1: to defeat Bill Murray? He can barely defeat this booth. He can barely defeat a table.
2: Yeah, like who's the who's the the set Joker? Who's the guy who set up the uh, set to, so
0: it looks <laughs> oh, that, hard for him That's to get another up? that's set Batman's villain, the set
2: Joker.
1: <laughs> so tell me, I hear you're a real Batman on the set.
0: <laughs> I bet you did a lot of pranks.
1: Uh, but there's yeah, there's this is a movie. The character nothing is. I mean, characters aren't
0: welcome in it's, this movie. Like
1: <laughs> <no. you say. laughs> Unlike USA Network, it, it's it's supposed to be kind of unbelievable because it's supposed to be dreamlike. But nothing the characters do is yeah, remotely it's, it's believable.
2: phantasmagoric.
1: Mickey Rourke, who looks like I mean, I, we've already said enough about his appearance, but he looks like a monster. Talks his way into Megan Fox's trailer, uh, and then. It's just like characters being doing things that like it's heart. you know, that scene doesn't make sense you don't believe it you don't believe they have a relationship you don't believe it Well,
2: his that first happens. conversation with the the carny ringmaster guy where the ringmaster's like who like where can she go who would like who would take her in like everyone would take her in she's a beautiful girl with wings she'll be fine. Like people think she's an angel or something. Yeah, she could start her she'll own she will be religion. super famous. Yeah.
1: It's a it's a movie that is you know, not. It, there's a lot of things going on that you can't buy, and when and like, you pile up too much on it,
2: and he and he has the idea that he's going to trade, like trade this girl for his life. Like, why doesn't he just go to a different city? He'd be fine. He'd be fine. He could play his trumpet or jazz trumpet. There's that great scene where he has to sell his jazz trumpet. I'm guessing on Craigslist, <laughs> and it takes him about 20 minutes of touching the trumpet <laughs> case before he eventually gives it up. But he takes he takes the
0: mouthpiece. Yeah. yeah. Because I guess he, he blows wistfully into. He
1: doesn't want the new owner to get his herpy, I
0: guess. So. <laughs> By the way, a single herpes. I mean, this is a tiny criticism, but the least. Uh, Isn't con- that
1: that Lena Dunham movie? Tiny criticism? <laughs> this,
0: this is the least convincing fake trumpet playing from Mickey Rourke. There's, There's a, scene, a scene where he plays trumpet. I mean, well, damn, Megan a Fox. fake trumpet. <laughs> let's boy. set the scene. I know what it looks like when someone plays trumpet. <laughs> though. There's a lot, of, a lot of eyebrow movement, right? Mickey no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot uh, of, of yeah, it. did it. <laughs> Right. Your, your gums start just bleeding There's no Like like you watch someone who plays a the trumpet They're puffing their cheeks out like crazy I mean you see pictures of Louis Armstrong He might as well be a bullfrog With the amount of like cheek action that goes on There's a limit to how much Mickey Rourke's Mickey cheeks, can blow cheeks. Out, by the way. Don't move at all
1: <laughs> I think they're like There's he, not he, a lot of slack left like in those cheeks into, <laughs> He's whistling into, so into his the trumpet <laughs> He thinks he played like he played Kazoo. Yeah, but here's the That's also a scene that's problem. That's problematic. Mickey Rourke walks into the hotel room. He's de- he's sharing Megan Fox, and he says, "Put on your best dress. We're going out."
0: Which this she is, has like she, no clothes. Megan she was Fox standing, and, by the way, in front of a bunch of empty clothes. <laughs> hangers. Megan Fox
1: is standing in front of a clothes rack with nothing but empty hangers on <laughs> it. And
2: instead of the joke we were all expecting, which is like, "I don't have any other clothes," she's like, "Why? Of course." Turning out that she does have a really she nice dress. She does have a really
1: nice dress, and and Mickey Rourke takes her to an empty theater. Uh, how we got how we got there, who he knows, and you know to set it up. No, Power Elliot. And yeah, it is a it is a curious thing. Mm-hmm.
2: Make one make, man weak. Make
1: one man weak, and make another man get into an empty theater at night. <laughs> they he sets up. So I guess two he
2: has a set of keys. He sets or? up two
1: chairs on the stage, and they look at a painted backdrop of the ocean because. Or a shoreline, because earlier she's never said she's never seen the ocean. And they just kinda of sit there for a while and then he takes out his trumpet and plays it. And do they dance? Like that's kind of you No, know,
0: the camera just spins around them for a long time. Yeah. Much longer than you think a camera spin would last.
1: <laughs> but it's just this whole scene, every every next step in the scene you're like, Wait, what? Like, is this really where we're going with this? Mm-hmm. Come on. Movie. Okay, and maybe. I
0: didn't know it was going to be a And then can't he can the results.
1: <laughs> that's true. But he managed to bag that bird.
0: Mickey <laughs> <laughs> Rourke in bag that bird. <laughs>
1: that's, the, that's the porn sequel to Follow That Bird. Yep. The Sesame Street movie.
0: That's the one where, what, Big Bird has sex <laughs> with somebody? Or? Yeah, with everybody. Oh, not, everybody. Not, not just somebody. a Title IX, i like, Catch That Kid from our previous... I oh,
2: mean Ghost Rider, Catch That Kid? <laughs> yeah. Last
0: episode movie? Sure. Huh. So, Bag and the Bird. Uh, so, we did get
2: a sex scene. We uh, did get a sex scene. There was, you know, some kissing. And a sax scene. A sax- <laughs> 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 yep, where uh, The Wire's Bunny Colvin plays a saxophone.
1: Yep, and a sex scene, the whole movie. <laughs> mm-hmm, good one. But, yeah, he meets up with uh, with him, with uh, the Wire saxophone player in a laundromat, and they just kind of talk for a while.
2: Yeah, what's... What, <laughs> why why are we know. talking about this anymore? Okay, well, let's move
0: on to Final Judgments. Was <laughs> this,
2: you win, movie, you got you really, was, was, this good, uh, was this a
0: good, a bad movie, a bad bad movie, yeah, or a movie you kind of liked. Stewart, tease this one out. This
2: is a, this is clearly a bad bad movie. Um, I mean, I think there's elements of it that are almost good bad enough. And you know what? If you're gonna watch, if you and your buddies want to watch a shitty movie, and you've already seen The Room, you've already seen Troll Two, and you want another shitty movie, hey, pop this one in. You'll probably be delighted. <laughs>
1: I don't know. It's very dull. I'd say get Berdemic.
2: But okay. So Elliot says. Watch pandemic. Yeah, okay. so that's a bad
0: bad from you, Elliot.
1: I would also say a bad bad. I would say it's I. While I admire the ambition of the people behind it, uh, I do not admire the
0: incompetent execution.
1: And also, the concept is bad.
0: So bad bad movie. <laughs> it's a it's
1: it's not it's not fun or entertaining in any way to sit through.
0: I am going to go out on a limb, give it a marginal good bad. Kind of what I just did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because we more it, open about it. It's it's so weird, and there's so much miscalculation. I mean, it is a little too dull to be a classic good bad movie. There's not there's not that like wait what like every second that like a good yeah. good bad it's movie. Where like that cigarette you. come from?
1: It's more like but. well, there is one scene like that <laughs> where Mickey Rourke is on the phone, and then suddenly he's just ringed with smoke as he's smoking a cigarette. I don't think we saw him light.
0: But I mean, like this is that kind of. Um, dramatic failure that I feel you don't see in movies as much as... It's an intriguing bad movie. How about that? Yeah, they were trying for something it, did, it didn't happen, but... Hey, look, uh, Megan Fox learned to <laughs>
1: soar at the end, but unfortunately, passion play fell to the ground. But we learned to snore at the end. <laughs> All right, well, oh, I, went I, went for fo- I went for poetry, and you went for, the, for a more of a jean rhyme. So I guess highbrow, lowbrow. That's what you get That's what you get on the Flophouse. So, uh, we range from the heights of poetic excess to the lows of Burma-Shave jingle writing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> hmm. Okay, so... So, so uh, we have to
1: what's our next segment? So, we finish the talking about the movie phase. Now we move into, what, full phase? What are, part of the human centipede is this?
2: Yes, this is full sequence. Full
1: sequence. Oh, uh, yes, sequence, not phase. This is the uh,
2: moment where we read letters from people that, uh, that tell us how great we are, and then we agree with them <laughs>
1: yeah. and
2: make fun of each other a little bit at the same a time. A
1: little bit, and sometimes they ask us questions about movie stuff, and we answer it. And sometimes I sing this. a song like this. Letters from the flop house no 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 Letters to the flop house there you go That's what we're going to read That's what we're going to talk about Letters to the flop house from you and you and you and you Letters to the flop house from you and you and you and him Letters to the flop house from you What about me and you
2: so now they've just turned their podcast off mute. Uh, are just, you kidding? Wait, can you do that?
1: There's, someone literally just held their podcast player up to the phone and said, you know that new sound you've been looking for? Well, here it is.
0: Uh, before we get into letters... That was one of my more controlled songs. Yeah. It, it was tight, comparatively. Uh, before we get into letters... I want to thank P. Bracken and B. Skinner for donations. B. F. Hey, Skinner, thanks. the famed psychologist. I can only assume. <laughs> uh, and uh, I want to acknowledge also that on the website... Thanks to both of those people. We appreciate it. ...in the comments section, someone pointed out that... Uh, well, we made a mistake. ...the character time. from Ghostbusters 2 was not named Milos; His name was, of course, Yanosh. Oh! Yeah. How do we get that one wrong? Uh, it's a shameful It's a shameful day when we get a Ghostbusters 2 oh reference. Oh, my point. God. Yeah. But, um, I guess we should just give up.
1: You or? know what? Let's throw in the towel, because I'm just wearing a towel right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this letter is from Steve, last name withheld, and he says, Dearest Flophouse, I was intrigued as Stuart was as to how far you can stretch a naming convention like One for the Money. Apparently quite far. Oh, yeah. Although terrible plum puns were used as filler. And he sent a, a link to a list of uh, One for the Money, Jan- Janet Ivanovich. Janet Ivanovich books. Titles. All, all read so by Elliot. I'm going to run these <laughs> read down. Read out loud. Read out loud on, of course. on Audible. Yeah. Uh, we got One for the Money, Two for the Dough, Three to Get Deadly. Oh, I like that one. Four to score. What? <laughs> high Five, Hot Six, Seven Up, Hard Eight. Visions That's of sugar of plums.
1: Wait, what? That's wait. Not, hold on. Okay. Visions
0: of sugar plums. Parentheses between the numbers. Holiday novella. <laughs> to the nines. Ten big ones. Eleven on top. I don't know what that. Is. <sighs> Twelve on the bottom. Twelve sharp. Right <laughs> the thirteenth. That's just just you naming things. Let's move on. <laughs> Plum Lovin'. Wait again between the numbers. Holidays novella. Lean mean thirteen. Plum Lucky. We're really going to go through Between all these? the numbers, <laughs> holiday <night> novella.
1: <laughs> so this is not... <laughs> it, was, it was 14. Oh, no, That's man. not even a pun or a no. phrase or anything. Plum
0: Spooky, between the numbers, novel. Finger <laughs> lip and 15. I don't know... That's 15. that's another
1: way of saying San Quentin Quail, you know, like a a, a young girl sizzling sixteen. <sighs> that's another way of saying that smoking
0: seventeen again, yes. Explosive eighteen. Oh, yeah. That just gets lazy after a little while. Yeah. You Naughty should, nineteen. <laughs> no. Twenty
1: 2020, twenty, and twenty
0: twenty one again. <laughs> he says you should all consider yourself fortunate that a bad bad movie might take two to three hours from your usual life instead of the significantly more time a bad book does keep up the excellent look sorry the excellent work thank you the laugh out loud laughter you provide is worth the angry glare i get on london's tube if this gets read on the podcast i look forward to the opportunity that this will give elliot to put on a british accent
2: What accent would that be, says uh, Daniel uh, Craig? (laughs) (laughs) Well, hello. Daniel
1: Craig is here with me, generic British man. (laughs) Well, I suppose I'll get on the lorry and drive to my flat, then put on my braces, fish and chips, of course, the Queen, Parliament, Big Ben, Thames, merry old England,
0: and so forth. What's all this, then? (laughs) He goes on to say, or a return of Dan's (laughs) eerily perfect Michael Caine. You'll be happy to know that there are at least two British Flophouse fans. And that's from Steve, last name with them. Oh, us. I'm sorry. That's I didn't know this ahead of time. I Steve
2: have and Clive Owen over here. <laughs> Clive Owen and Daniel Craig sound a lot alike. I know. It's weird, right? How <laughs> oh, they just lost. James Mason is here as well.
1: <laughs> oh. And also the <laughs> Joseph A. Banks guy, <laughs> Mr. Kaplan. Please, games must we? Oh, Kalen, my grandfather changed it to Kalen uh, in, in okay. the early 50s. Uh, so oh, so well, oh, the old Englishman is here as well. Um, I wish I wish I had known Steve as a Flophouse fan when I was in England. Not too about a month ago, we looked him up. Yeah, maybe next time, pal. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. I always like it when we have international listeners, but I like it when we have American listeners too. So this
0: next—not
1: uh, <laughs> a joke—going there. I Just, like that. <laughs> you know what? I like all of them.
0: I apologize to this next uh, writer. I appear to have cut off his name so I don't know who this is
1: from. Oh, I'll, I also want to mention of those Stephanie Plum J- Janet Ivanovich yeah. novels I probably have bought two thirds of them to, for my mother as birthday presents at one point or another is she so, gonna
0: listen
2: to this podcast and no, be no she doesn't she doesn't listen to this wait your mom doesn't listen to this every week no we don't even put it out every week well she listens to the episode a second time so she <laughs> I, I, all the know, oddly enough my
0: parents listen to this podcast which disturbs me greatly
2: <sighs>
1: yeah it disturbed me too
0: because your uh, parents are weirdos <laughs> what <laughs> booners So again, again, I apologize though for to the writer of this next letter. (laughs) No, I was saying this, and then Elliot cut me off. Uh, I I I apologize for not having the name attached to this email. So we'll Um, just assume
1: Dan wrote it himself.
0: Yeah, it says, "Hey, floppity doodahs, Q Elliot singing." Every floppy now and then, Floppity do
1: da, oh. Floppity My race. oh my, what oh, a floppity day. Flopping up oh. here and flopping down there. Flopping around <sighs> yes. and everywhere. Okay. There's a flopper. Anyway, on my every flopper now and then, a present is, flop is, is given. To me. Every
0: flop is floppy fluffable. By the great old ones <laughs> of cyberspace. So t- today it was Christmas come early when I found the trailer for Alex Cross. The phrase best movie in history of everything is thrown out a lot. But the trailer for Alex Cross no, can't say I've ever heard that shows this to be an apropos phrase for this stunning masterpiece. Let's count the reasons for genius. Number one, Tyler Perry is an action cop, serial killer hunter, FBI profiler or something. If you didn't read that right, this is the famous cross dresser Tyler Perry, Q House Cat. <laughs> Number two, jacked <laughs> this up... This guy really has this wrapped around his finger. <laughs> Number two, jacked up, shaped head MMA fighting albino over enunciating, ex-military serial killer played by Matthew Fox from the great and should have been flopcasted casted Speed Racer. Number three, verbal cliches thrown around like an early 90s thriller. It's got to be two to three guys to pull this off. No, it's one guy. I'm fascinated by pain. He's ex-military, judging by his tactics.
1: Did someone write in just with a review of the Alex <laughs> Cross trailer? What yes. does
0: this have to do with us? What's money to pay? What's the world is suffer? I think this is viral marketing for the Alex <laughs> Cross movie. Number th- number four: visual c- cliches thrown around, with like Tyler c- last name was <laughs> thrown around, but like CSI, visual cliches thrown around, but like c- CSA Miami Candy, Cereal, CSA? serial killer pasting a newspaper clipping to a mirror, running down a dark tunnel. Wife in peril, daughter slow mo piano playing, rocket launcher blowing up government trucks. No this is, I think this is just an
1: E, e. Cummings poem now.
0: <laughs> Number five, this catchphrase: "Don't ever cross Alex Cross." Number six, Flophouse fave Eddie Burns. Number seven, and lastly, scuba gear. I think my head might explode.
1: Wasn't that that dog that solved crimes underwater? Scuba gear. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So he says, "Enjoy." in my recommendation for a Flophouse theater excursion.
1: Okay, I, well thanks to the producers of Alex Cross <laughs> for advertising on our on our podcast. I think
0: that's illegitimate. What uh, what's uh, illegitimate about that is uh, a I mean they are talking about a trailer that looks crazy? Legitimate? Looked, yeah, you're right.
2: Okay.
1: I thought this was the podcast where we watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. Not the, write to us about your favorite trailers podcast. <laughs> no offense, no name withheld. It's just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your writing in.
0: Now I feel better about cutting this guy's name off if Elliot was going to rip him a new one. Oh, yeah. Tore him a whole new one.
1: Yeah. All all to a whole new it.
2: thing. Yeah, he doesn't have to buy one because <laughs> Elliot just ripped him one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why would you buy one?
0: <laughs> I, wait. Wait, what, what's... I'm certainly not talking Ellie's handing them out. Yeah, that's New. a thing.
1: You're right. I'm giving these things away for free when I could be charging.
0: All right. So... Well, if you didn't like that, here's a much more concise letter. I'm not saying I didn't like it. I'm just questioning the appropriateness. It's about a bad movie, theoretically.
1: <laughs> so
0: this is from... Jokes uh, on
1: you guys, because that Alex Cross movie is going to be awesome.
0: This is from someone called Collision.
1: That's... Okay. It might be an insurance company. It's titled. Ty- <laughs> It's titled "Lower Rates for Your Auto Insurance."
2: Again, Dear, I think you printed off the wrong email. Dear
1: Flop House, Mister House, are you looking for lower rates for your auto insurance?
0: Okay. It's titled "Flop House Found in the Boonies." My girlfriend and I went camping last weekend. Piled so an actual for- okay. Continue. And out of the middle of nowhere <laughs> in the Eldorado National Forest, stopping for gas slash food slash world class shitty cup of coffee at the checkout counter, we encountered a quick pile of three DVDs: Desperado on top, then Vantage Point, then. 12 rounds Whoa! so I'm not quite sure why you're getting your movies from a truck stop way the hell out in the middle of California we are. and I look yeah. forward to you handling Desperado and oh my god you're selling your DVDs to that store and I must know why so why are you desperate to send floppers in the Eldor- Eldor- Eldorado National Forest why? I think a
2: real question is why people don't write more letters that are hard for Dan to pronounce yeah I like
1: them <laughs> <laughs> um uh, well, I think he's found our secret our secret movie source, yep. which is the cafe at the Eldorado National Forest. Uh, it's
0: Igalo's getting expensive to fly out there every couple charged. of weeks and then keeping the
2: uh, keeping the DVDs in some kind of a freezer tank, some yeah. pressure pressurized tank so that they
0: don't get ruined.
2: So, so that they survive the trip. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm still not sure that that's an expenditure we really need to... Uh, I've run the
2: numbers. It's the only way to do it. I mean, most of the time we're on a motorbike, so and that doesn't use that much gas, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. With the,
0: the double sidecars, of course. Double
1: sidecars is, of course, yeah. Attached a with, sidecar? No, no. Not a devil sidecar. A okay. double sidecar attached with double-sided tape. Now,
0: you would imagine that uh, that would be a sidecar on each side of the motorcycle. no, 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 no. no, no. One of the sidecars has his own sidecar.
1: Mini sidecar. I sit in that one. Stuart sits in the big sidecar, and Dan actually sits in a sidecar on top of the motorcycle.
2: (laughs) Yeah, because if I was in charge of the driving, then...
1: The motorcycle drives itself. It's magic.
2: <laughs> yeah, and speaks with a Brooklyn accent. <laughs> it's a robo
1: yeah. It's a, it's a Brooklyn, magic Brooklyn robocycle. cycle <laughs> like Where, sca- where it's you like are where you guys going to today? Kid. Just take us to El Dorado, bikey. Aw, oh, I want to see some other national parks. You shut up. You take us there. <laughs> you gotta be taking
0: firm man with these robocycles. <laughs> they will roll all over you. Oh, know. yeah, with their sidecars and everything. <laughs> Jerks. Anyway, this last letter. Is titled "Pervisoid."
1: Last letter of the night. Only one more letter. Let's do it right. One last letter to make it last. Don't go fast. It's the last one tonight. Last letter.
0: Dan, you have the floor. It's titled. See, the problem is like sleep you see. That's that <laughs> <laughs> the problem. The problem with your songs is you sing, I take a drink. I don't know when your songs gonna end. Hey, I don't know when the song is gonna end. Either. The song tells <laughs> <And> me. Then, <laughs> dude,
2: yeah, we want people to imagine that Elliot's practicing this shit with yeah. us. Yeah, with a full orchestra.
0: So this last email is is titled "Pervisoid number 2 uh from Stephen Lastname Whoa, Oh,
1: someone attempting to gain the throne? Purvisoid <laughs> number 2?
0: Well, listen, and you'll you'll learn. Wouldn't that be your long-lost son? Stephen, last name with health, says, Dearest floppers and house cat, a couple weeks ago I was recommended that I listen to your podcast. and the time since, I've been working my way through the archives. It's been at been a least... Disappointing week. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working my way through the archives, at least every episode with Elliot. I find episodes Woo! without him to be intolerable yeah. because just as Dan is the essential, boring Leonardo or Cyclops, Elliot brings the rogue element of a Raphael or a Gambit. And I guess Stuart is Donatello or Forge? I don't know. Now that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> anyway. If any I'm
1: always
2: th- working on the Blackbird. <laughs> <That's> true.
1: <laughs> you are always working on the Blackbird or fighting the adversary. <laughs> anyway, I was wondering why... With your ill-defined Indian powers. <laughs>
0: he says, anyway, I was wondering why Dan is often referred to as... Pervisoid number one, when it seems clear that Stuart is what the perviest flopper. Damn, did you write
2: another fucking email. Maybe
0: I haven't heard the specific episode yet where all this becomes clear, but this mystery has eluded me so far. Keep on flopping, Stephen, last name without. Oh L. man, I think I got a fucking enemy over here. No, no, I Owl think, Madrigal I, I think Owl enemy. Madrigal
2: wrote this one. <laughs> Owl, Owl Madrigal, who lives in a tree. <laughs> well, thanks, Stephen, if you exist. <laughs> Allow
1: me to explain why I think Dan is Purvisoid number one. Stuart is so open with his sexuality that it's almost, I'm too mad right that now, it's now almost, to talk about it <laughs> That was a very uh, cam from Modern Family type of line, but uh, the uh, is so open with his sexuality and so innocent that it's almost there's something adorable about. You're it. saying I'm not open? I'm it's talking like about it all the a, time. It's like when a baby grabs. When it's like when a three year old grabs a woman's boob. Like how can you get mad? It's adorable. Mm-hmm. Dan, on the other hand, is
0: it's like an eighty year old eighty year old man grabbing.
1: A woman's boob. Well, I do it. It's yeah, like well,
2: Rodney Dangerfield saying something something Exactly.
1: Awesome. But with Dan, it's like if there's a guy in a suit with a briefcase who is just on the subway and then. Suddenly, he just turned to a woman and was like "tits," and then turned away. <laughs> uh, creepy, <laughs> super creepy. So well, he opens being... up his briefcase,
2: and it's filled with so like. What, what Sherry I'm and... hearing, what I'm hearing. <laughs> you know those phone book-sized things.
0: <laughs> All I'm hearing is that I'm being punished. For being an upstanding member of society most of the time. And then I and then I let you guys in. I let my hair down. Yeah. I, be, I have a moment of honesty. And all of a sudden I'm slapped down. I'm slapped down by you assholes. No, That's what no, I'm no, here. So now you're mad. <laughs> so yeah. Why is everyone mad all of a sudden? I, because of these letters. <laughs> these letters are tearing us apart, guys. Guys, Our okay. Our fans are getting in
1: between us. Let's not let these letters destroy us, okay? You can both be purposefully number
2: one. LA's just excited right now because nobody's calling him out on anything.
1: Actually... I have a revelation to make to both Mm. of you. What's that? The fact is, the reason I know that Dan is Purvisoid number one is because... I am purvisoid number two. Oh, my God. I am the second in the Pervozoid sequence. <laughs> I'm just better at hiding it than Dan
2: and far less creepy. See, clever listeners of this episode will realize that not uh, Elliot's family doesn't listen to this podcast, <laughs> nor does his wife. So he is okay to say whatever he wants. Listen to the clues of previous episodes, <laughs> and you'll see
1: I'm also attracted to women's boobs. <laughs> and I'm just as perverted as Stuart and Dan. But instead, I talk about old movies. As a way of not revealing it. Mm-hmm.
0: Magic's greatest secret was revealed, guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was Magic's greatest secret. <laughs> Houdini is turning in his grave now that I revealed that one.
0: All right. Well, you did... Call you, Penn and Teller because I'm
1: revealing Magic.
0: You were late to the podcast tonight because you had to fondle some dildos for the show that, that was we worked for work. on.
1: That was for my day job. I was being paid to do that. You are being
2: paid I was being
1: to paid touch to touch
0: dildos on
2: television. He can control himself. He can wait to touch dildos at home until... Yeah. It like doesn't he, impede in his podcast. It's like
1: David Cross's old stand-up joke about the, how they sell porn at the airport and how he can wait till he gets <laughs> home to masturbate. He doesn't need to do it on a plane. I feel like Stuart would do it on a plane, but in a way that people would be like, that's adorable. Dan would do it on a plane under a blanket, and everyone would be like, oh, what is he doing? Whereas I would wait till I got home, close the door, and then go I would, crazy. I would come
2: out of the bathroom and announce that I just made it to the Mile High Club and start giving out high fives. Exactly,
1: with toilet paper trailing off your sneaker and just holding a Playboy with the centerfold hanging open in your other hand. <laughs> and people be like, Oh, it's the original party animal.
0: <laughs>
1: and meanwhile Dan is furtively just like glancing at the person really, sitting next to him yeah. while he sat under a blanket. He's
2: head. watching what? the movie Bug on his left.
0: Why don't they love me? Why don't they love me like they love him? <laughs>
1: well why, well and I'm just sitting there going, Get me off this plane.
0: All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well um, We've somehow managed to talk about Passion Play for a long time, so we should speedily...
2: (laughs) We must have been passionate about it, guys. Yeah,
0: we should... High-five that one. I hope you heard that (laughs) high-five. We should speedily uh, give our recommendations for movies that we uh, actually like and And think people should go out and watch. Go watch them now.
2: Okay, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna recommend a little movie called Castle Freak.
0: No, <laughs> no. How did I know? Like it. No, How did I
2: know. You saw hey, it's does a great I, movie. Is it have a scene where a guy? <laughs> <rips his laughs> own where. Off. He's a, well, he's a freak, so you, it's cool. <laughs> he just rips it right off. Like it was there for a second, then all of a sudden it's gone. It's ripped off. Okay, Dan, your, your turn. Uh, I, watched, I think that brings it up to <laughs>
1: 99 Castle Freak recommendations. At 100, you get a free Castle Freak. <laughs> I watched a movie.
0: <laughs> and I can rip off his ding dong too. <laughs> I watched a movie just uh, two nights ago. Uh, it's on Netflix Watch Instant, so it's available for all of you people out there who have Netflix. Uh, and eyes. Yeah, well, and a viewing uh, implement, Yeah, uh, streaming. But uh, I watched a movie called Dead End Drive In. And this is a. Dead End Drive In? Drive-in? Dead End Drive In. Dead, dead
1: End Drive In. Yeah.
0: This is an Aussie <laughs> film. From the early '80s, it's it was actually featured uh, briefly in that uh, Ausploitation documentary, uh, not, not Quite by Hollywood. Um, the guy who directed it, uh, the 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 most famous film he directed was Bmx Bandits. But I looked it up on, on IMDb awesome. the 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 editor of this movie actually went on to edit a lot of famous movies, including Christopher Nolan's last five movies, huh. include uh, uh, Dark Knight Rises, obviously included in that bunch. And uh, it's a movie about it's like it's a post-apocalyptic movie about um, this sort of car culture. It's it's a bit of a Mad Ma- post-Mad Max like knockoff in that it's car centered, although not as much. There's not as much like chase scenes in it, but it's about uh, how the government has found a way to to get rid of undesirables by turning dr- this drive-in into a weird internment camp, like uh, these car punks go into this drive-in and then they get locked in and they've got no way to get out and so they have to live in this prison and the main character needs to figure out a way to break out of this drive-in and it's actually really beautifully shot if you like 1980s style uh, post-apocalyptic films it's that's a little you know, niche, but that's okay. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know. it's 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 a you know it might be a little niche, but it, it hits all it hit all my sweet spots. Whoa. It, it's a beautiful looking movie. It's got like weird, and if you love if you love drive-ins, it's got great loving shots of weird like neon drive-in and like people just hanging out uh, in this half party half uh, prison, and it's a it's a really fun movie. So that's my recommendation.
1: I'm going to recommend very quickly a movie called Blast of Silence, uh, which is available on the Criterion Collection uh, on digital video disc, uh, and it is a low-budget, film noir crime thriller from the very early 60s late 50s i think it's around 60 61 uh about a man who is a killer for hire who goes to new york city on a job and has some trouble accomplishing the job that has to go through with it but he doesn't really want to and he wants more out of life and realizes he can't have it it's passed him by uh it's a really short uh but brisk Thriller that short but brisk. It. Well, you know, no, well, Passion Play was short but but deadly, but deadly long and boring. That's true. But it
2: moves quickly. There's Sapped every ounce <laughs> of will to live from us. And
1: uh, and one of the other one of these movies that was shot on location with a small budget, so there's a lot of great shots of what New York looked like around that time period. And there's a voiceover going through it that is equal parts kind of great film noir philosophizing and purple prose nonsense uh, and is really fantastic. So I recommend that as a real nice, bleak uh, noir movie that you may not have seen. Blast of Silence.
2: Yeah. So three for Castle Free. <laughs> no. <laughs> yep. That was Passion Play, guys. Hooray, we're done. We did it.
0: Yeah. Let, Let us out of this
2: out. drive-in.
0: <clears throat> All right. So uh, for the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. Right, I've been Stuart Wellington. And let me check. Elliot Kalen, that's me. <laughs> well, I don't know why you reached into your pants to figure that out. That's where I have it written. <laughs> okay. Uh yeah, good night everyone. Boom. Did it
1: Stuart, you're the other one makes me laugh when I listen to it, and Dan, you're right too. And Elliot, you're the best. Thanks, Elliot. Who? Elliot. I don't know. I'm
0: not familiar. I'm not the
2: evil version of you, Helliot? No. He's got a goatee. Or the smelly version of me,
0: Smelliot. Mm-hmm.
1: Or the one is Jellin, Jelliot.
0: Elliot, the Bellyot, Kalyn, as you call yourself called
1: yourself. As I call myself once, because I was making it up as I went along. <laughs>